0: Johannes hoofstuk 3 vers 16. Net die, nee die tweede deel van die vers, of die middel van die vers. Sondag sal ek die einde van die vers spreken. So Johannes hoofstuk 3 vers 16. En die thema daar, Godse geskenk aan die wereld. Kom ons bid saam. Heere, ons prijs u, ons loof u naam, die gever van elke goeie gave. Ek sien die son hier hoe die hoogste vensters inskyn en ons is bewus van die son van gerechtigheid waarvan Malachi praat, Jezus Christus, die son van gerechtigheid wat met genezen in sy vleels oor ons opgaan. Baie dankie vir die redding Wat gebring het voor die genezing van ons zielen, en ien dag van ons uitzien naar die genezing volkome van lichaam in ziel, een volmaakte ziel bereiden, en een volmaakte nieuwe lichaam wat nooit kan ziek wordt, nooit kan zonde doen, en nooit kan sterfnen. En ons bidde dat spoedig kom, soos ons nou in die eerste komst, dink Heere Jezus, begeer ons die tweede komst. Dat hij alles kom niet maak, en alles kom verander. Gee ons een oor, wat oop is vir die woord veroogend. Amen. Jack heet een solder, een kelder is mos onder in een solderboe, nee so Jack het een solder in zijn huis, en vir die kinders wat niet weet wat een solder is nie, is waar Heidi die het. Nee. En <laughs> Heidi, dan, wanneer sy by opa's opa is en klim ik mosseke trappies op, en daar boos al bed. Goed, so in die solder het Jack een ou stoverige schilderij. En hoekom le die schilderij daar vol stof? Want Jack weet niet. Die schilderij is 400 miljoen rand waard. Jy sê, as ons niet weet wie Jezus is nie, as ons niet sy waarde verstaan nie, dan zal ons hom nie waardeer nie. Dan gaan hy net de ou, overige skilderij wees. En so ons moet eerst sy waarde verstaan, voor ons hom waardeer. En dis wat ons in die vers krijgen Ik al op die skerrim, dat hy sy enige gebore sien gegeet. Nou moet ons verstaan, wie is hierdie sien? En dan sal ons hom waardeer en hom prijs. Nommer 1, Godse liefde. So ek denk nou aan een graad 3 sien, ek denk keir als kensikke sien miskien, in school. So een graad 3 sien, kom ons noem hom Sommayaku, man en hy verlief op a en in sy klas. Maar is net graad 3, so hy doen wat graad 3 doen. Hy stier sy maaikie met de briefie na die meisie toe. En hy stier sy maaikie met de geskenkie na die meisie toe. En as die meisie vir hom kyk en hart hy weg. <laughs> dit is kinderlijke verliefdheid. Godse liefde is niet so nie. Soen. Godse liefde is anders. Godse liefde, ek het dit zondag laasweek gepreek, Johannes 3:16. 16. Godse liefde... Dit niet nie net een dun woord nie, dit is nie net een aksie woord nie, dit is nie net een opoffering nie, dit is een baie sterk emosie. Uh, dit is Hooglied 8 vers 7 en 8, liefde wat sterker is as die dood, liefde wat soos een vlam is wat nie geblis kan word nie. Dit is Hosea 11 vers 8, dit is, a, dit is iets wat God sê, dit brand hier in my binnenste, so lief het hy vir Israël. Maar jy sê die liefde wat God het, alhoewel dat een baie sterk emosie is, dit bly nie net in Johannes 3 vers 16a, so lief het God die wereld gehad nie, dit gaan op die b-gedeelte toe dat, so dat, hier is die volgende stap, die liefde, hy gee uitdrukking in die liefde, soveel uitdrukking, dat hy sy enige gebore sien gegeer, soos een fontein wat uitborrel, jy kan het nie onderdruk nie, jy kan nie nie die fontein daar binnen hou, dit moet uit, en so God hou nie die liefde hier binnen nie, Godse liefde dit kom uit, uh, want Godse liefde ontstaan uit sy eie weese, want God is liefde. 1 Johannes 4 vers 8, en 1 Johannes 4 vers 10, hierin is liefde nie dat ons hom lief gehad het nie, maar dat hy ons lief gehad het, en sy sien gegeet as die versoening vir ons zonde is. Je spreken, spreken spreke 27 vers 5 sê vir ons, verborge liefde of, of liefde wat weggesteek word is nie goed nie, en God steek nie sy liefde weg nie, hy hou dit nie binnen nie. Hy laat het uitkom uit, soos 1 Johannes 3 vers 18 vir ons sê, soos God ook. Sy liefde is nie net met woorde nie, hy sê nie net uit lief nie. Sy liefde is in dade en in waarheid, bewys hy dit aan ons. Hy bewys dit aan die, in die krib, waar God mens word, daar lê die babekie, maar die babekie gaan indag aan die kruis hang, wanneer groot word. So in die krib en aan die kruis, wees hy sy liefde vir ons. En die liefde, die liefde is so oorvloedig, soos Godse lewe. Jezus het gesê, ek het ons leven kon bring en dit in oorvloed. En so is die liefde van God ook. Dit is oorvloedig. Dit is nie soos, a, kom ons sê, is een koek. En hierdie koek is so groot, een chokolade koek. Hierdie koek met ganache. <laughs> en vir hier een Hierdie, dankie. Hierdie <laughs> koek is so groot, amal in die wereld kan een stukkie kry. Dit is nie hoe Godse liefde is nie. Godse liefde is nie zo so dat die koek so groot is, dat amal genoeg liefde kan kry, dat, dat jy vir een jaar in koek sal eet nie. The love of God is far greater than that. En vir ek skakel om na Engels. He is nou iemand wat nie Afrikaans verstaan nie. So the love of God is so great, greater than even that chocolate cake I described. God's love is greater than the population of the world that ever existed and the population of heaven. God's love is greater even than that. God does not even divide up His love between us. God loves you as if you were the only person who ever existed. That's how God loves you. The fullness of His love is given to you personally. And to you personally, Jenna. And to you personally, Shaw. Dis die liefde van God net in oorvloed is, in uitvloei na sonders toe. So vers 16, For God so loved the world. Nee, so dis, ons kan nou sien, ons sien God loved the world, so ons dink, hier is generis, hier is groot, uh, asof het net op ons kan ek die woord damp gebruik. Maar dis nie hoe dit is nie, that's not what it's like. God's love is for you personally. And you can take every believer in heaven now and every believer who will be in heaven when all of this is over and the whole history of the world has ended, that love that God gives us, it's not as if, oh, now there's so many people and you know now this love is going to run out, like your petrol or your diesel runs out or ESCOM's power runs out. Uh, It's not as if, oh, now for an eternity, somewhere 10 million years from now, in eternity future then some way god's love is going to run out It can operate. god's love is not like the vol dam the vol dam the levels the levels go down so i can now 103% vol or 100% But eventually, as we keep on drinking water and using water, the levels go down. God's love is not like that. Even for all eternity, for millions and hundreds of millions and billions of people, if God should shed His love abroad and keep on giving, God's love doesn't go down 0.00001 of a percentage. God's love is as great as God Himself. Because God is love. God's love is as unchangeable as God himself, because God is love. Number 2, God's covenant. So here's a dad, he's very strict with his children, and his children say, please, we, we want to go and sleep at our friend's house. But the dad is so strict, and then the mom comes, and she's got the touch. And she, like she begs her husband, please let the kids go, they never go out. And eventually, under great protest, the father gives in. He says, okay, but I want you home tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Or, uh, something of the sort. God is not like that. God didn't need to be pushed in a corner. God didn't need to be blackmailed. No one had to put a gun to God's head to say, uh, you need to do something, sinners need to. The Son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, didn't come to make the Father love us. The Son of God came because the Father loved us. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. So when you look at Christmas and when you think of Christmas, don't just see baby Jesus in a manger. Yes, you should see baby Jesus in a manger. But you should not forget of the true father of Christmas, and that's not Santa Claus. The true father of Christmas is God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He sent his son. Uh, In verse 16, we read that in verse 17, the next verse. John writes, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And again and again, Jesus says, The Father sent me. The Father sent me. The Father sent me. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, together, they made this plan to save sinners. They made this eternal covenant. Um, Hebrews 13, verse 20, speaks of the eternal covenant, the ewige verbond, the ewige in die where en die, die The Father decided to save millions and hundreds of millions and into billions of sinners. He says in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, I love, I've loved you with an everlasting love, with an eternal love. Ephesians 1 says that God chose millions. God chose these sinners and said, I will choose them, I will save them. He wrote their names in the book of life, before the foundation of the world. And then he chooses the son. In uh, Isaiah 42 verse 1, it says that, my chosen one. So he chooses his son to be the savior of these sinners. Uh, also in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, waar het sê dat I om voor geken het, as die lam, die lam wat ons gaan kom, and then the son, it's not as if Jesus is now forced to go. Jesus says, oh, now I have to go because the Father has chosen me. No, no, Jesus wants to go. He, he says in, in Psalm 40, I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Yes, I want to do this. You will prepare a body for me, that Jesus will become human and come and die for sinners and come and save sinners. It's not like he, he held on almost like a kid who goes to, to nursery school clear the school for the first time. And then he doesn't want to go. And when his mom drops him at the school, he grabs onto her leg and like they have to, to peel his fingers off, off her leg and has to go to school. This is not what Jesus was like. Jesus didn't say, oh, I want to stay in heaven. I don't want to go to earth. No, Jesus said, willingly I go, Father. I will go and do your will. And then Jesus comes. He becomes a man. He dies on the cross for sinners. He is buried. He comes back from the dead. And now the Holy Spirit, as part of that covenant, and that was part of the plan, He will now send preachers. And He will send them. When the Spirit comes upon them, they will be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so now these preachers go out with the good news. And they preach the gospel of salvation to the lost. And part of the plan is the Father says, when this message is preached, Oh, I will draw these people, I will draw sinners to My Son. These people, I've made this covenant, and the, the, those whom I have chosen. Um, in John 6 verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father draws him. So the Father trackele And then when they come to the Son, Jesus says in, in John 6 verse 37, all those the Father has given me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will never cast out. I will never reject him. And so these people come to Christ and He accepts them. And then Jesus says, Father, all those You have given Me, I have made Your name known to them. So He opens their eyes to see the truth and to understand. And then Jesus prays for them. This is John 17, where Jesus says, I do not pray for the world. I pray for those You have given Me out of the world. And so He prays for these people. And what does He pray? He prays, Father, Please protect them from the evil one. And then he prays, Father, please make them holy. Sanctify them. Heilig in die waarheid. And so he sanctifies. And then he prays, Father, I pray for those you have given me that they might be one. And then he prays, Father, I pray for those you have given me that they may be with me to see my glory. So he prays that they would make it safely to heaven. And then the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, these people, he keeps them. And He keeps them, that not one of them will be lost. Jesus says, the, those whom the Father has given Me will come to Me, and I will not lose one of them. And Jesus even prays, Father, of those You have given Me, I have not lost one. He has kept all of them. And the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it's like He's, he's put as a seal upon us. He's us. And the seal is upon us to say, these are My children. And I will not lose one of them. I give my spirit as a guarantee that they will make it. And they will receive eternal life or the kingdom as their inheritance. So I hope you can see something. When we read in John 3.16, God so loved the world. This is speaking of the Father. So you should love and honor the Father. Just like you love and honor baby Jesus in a manger. And Jesus on a cross. And Jesus... On a throne because the tomb is empty and he has ascended on high. Love the Father too. The Father also. Why do I say that? Because some people grieve God the Father. They make the Father sad by saying things like, I feel comfortable with Jesus, but the Father, it's like he's somewhere far there. Somewhere out there, I don't really understand God the Father. That makes the Father sad because it's the Father who sent the Son. The Father loves you. So there's this kind of theology. I heard a a theologian, he's actually Irish, but he lives in the United States. He's a liberal. John Dominic Crossan. And I heard on a DVD, I watched this, and this guy said of of Jesus who came and he took the punishment for our sins. And this guy said, we should love a son like that, but we should hate a father like that. That guy has got a twisted view of God the Father. John 3 verse 16 gives you the right view of God the Father. For God so loved the world. He gave His Son. Yes, He brought the punishment upon His Son for our sins. And the Son did it willingly out of love. Number three. Number three. God's generosity. So there's a sermon I listened to long ago where the preacher he compared the God of the Bible to Allah. The Muslims worship Allah. So he he compared the two. And he said, The God of the Bible, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, one God, three persons. And the Father loves the Son. And the Son loves the Father. And the love of the Spirit that communicates, but no, the love of the Father and the Son communicates this love. So there's this perfect love in the Trinity, in the triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And this Father and this Son and this Spirit who love, eventually they create. And why does God create? God said, let us make man. Why does God make man? Oh, because He wants to, and because He delights to do this, and He wants to show His love even more. He didn't have to do it, but He wants to do it. And so there's this love in God's creation, God's love to His creatures, and this perfect world. And obviously then sin comes into the world, and the rest is history. But there's this love, and this God who loves, you see this love of God that just overflows, and He gives. And He gives His only Son. And then the Son is exactly like the Father, because the Father and the Son are one. And the Son, because the Father gives, the Son also gives. And He gives His life, and He gives Himself. And the Spirit is like that too. And the Spirit gives this eternal life to us. Now, a God like that, He doesn't need you, and He doesn't need me. We need Him. He's a God who absolutely gives, as I've just explained. But then you compare that to Allah. You just read the Quran and you read what Allah is like. He's a God who takes. And He's a God who needs. And He's needy. And you must do stuff. And you must do lots of religious stuff to make Him happy. And if you don't do these stuff, then He gets very angry. And eventually you live in fear and dread. Because it's like you're the slave. And you have to do all these things. And if you don't do enough, you might not make it to heaven, to paradise. See the difference? Why? Because he's, he's this single person God, not a triune God. The triune God is perfect love. The single person God. Who has he got? Who has he got? Oh, he needs these creatures. What a contrast. You look at John 3, verse 16, it's totally different. And that's, that's, that's the kind of thing, what I just explained, that's the kind of thing you'll find in any false religion. Even if you go and worship the ancestors, you worship your ancestors. Like people do in Africa, that's the same kind of thing. They live in fear, they slaves. Or you take false religions, any false religion. let's say the, the uh, Greek mythology, where they worship these Greek gods, did I do enough? Are they going to strike me with lightning? Because they needy. you must bring them fruit, and you must bring them food to eat and all kinds of things. God of the Bible is not like that at all. God is a God, apart from the fact that He gives sunshine, and He gives rain, and He gives Christmas, and He gives, gives a leg of lamb, or beer a I don't know what you're having today. Gammon, uh, friendship, family, love. God gives all these things. But apart from that, He gives the gift. He gives the greatest gift. The gift of His Son. God so loved the world that He Gave his only son. God doesn't hold back. God gives us his everything. God gives us his all. God gives us the best. It's like the, the illustration of the pig and the chicken. You know that illustration, that the chicken, when, when they talk to one another, let's help these people, they need breakfast. And then the chicken gives an egg and he says, well, why don't you give bacon to the pig? Yeah, the chicken is just giving something of himself. He's not giving himself, but the pig has to give himself so you can have breakfast. God doesn't just give something of himself. God gives himself. He gives himself in Christ. God's heart is in this thing. The heart of the Father and the heart of the Son, it's in this thing. When he gives himself, and he gives his own blood, and he gives his own son, and Jesus gives himself to his final breath, to the last drop of blood, Jesus gives himself. One of the Puritans, a preachers in the 15th and, and 1600s in England said, In Christ you have given me so much, heaven can give no more. In Christ your grace has almost outgraced itself. No one can buy this gift of God's Son. No one can buy this gift of eternal life. You cannot buy it with silver. You cannot buy it with gold. Bill Gates does not have enough money to buy this gift. You cannot earn this gift. An old preacher, Ralph Robinson, said, if if God put a price upon His Son, all the revenues of the world, all the riches of the world, if they had been paid for all eternity, wouldn't have amounted to one minute's purchase. Thousands of rams, rams, nee, rama, sheep. Thousands of rams, thousand, ten thousands of rivers of oil, of olive oil. Even the firstborn of a man's body is not valuable enough to remove even one sin. Micah 7 verse 7. Micah 7 verse 7. Say If all the mountains of the world were diamonds, if all the dust of the earth were gold, if all the vast circumference of heaven, the umtrak van die, die hemel, were piled up with pearls and precious stones, all this wealth wouldn't be worth the little finger of Jesus Christ. If all the sons of men and all the angels were sold as slaves... The price of all these put together wouldn't be worth the border of the garment or the sandal strap of Jesus Christ. That is die wêreld. This That is the gift of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now that doesn't mean that God is like this old man and he's got a big bag of sweets a giant bag of sweets and here's the crowd the world and God puts his hands into the bag and he just throws throws sweets to everyone and he just hopes someone catches the sweets he doesn't know who's gonna catch it but he hopes someone gets it and if you didn't get a sweet too bad I'm sorry next time buddy it's not how it works God loves the individual. God loves the world. God het die wêreld lief God loves the individual. Doesn't doesn't the Bible tell us? Uh, it speaks of Lazarus in John 11. Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Not just the world. Oh, throw the sweets. I hope someone gets. No, he loved. Loves the individual. Jesus loved His own to the end. Jesus washed their feet. These disciples, He loved each one of them. Uh, John 14, John uh, verse 21 and 23, it speaks of those who love the Father and obey the Father. And it says, and my Father will love Him. Not just my Father will love Him. Boel. My Father loves, the Father loves Boel. And Lazeta and Suekanos Khan." Nee, die individie, en les sê, God, the Father loves you. Wat van die disciple vir wie Jesus lief gehad het? Johannes 19, 26, daar is die individie weer. What about the, the rich young ruler? It says in Mark 10:21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Wie, die individie, hy die individie lief. So yes, it's true, God loved the world. Yes, it's true. God loves the church. Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. But it's also true that Jesus loves Harold. Jesus loves Kyle. Jesus loves Annika. Jesus loves Wimpit. Jesus loves Gideon. Jesus loves Janine. And so we can go, he loves you personally and the father loves you personally so you can say and I hope you can say this Galatians 2 verse 20 say with the apostle Paul that Christ loved me and gave himself for me not just us yes us but also me can I ask you a question is there a doubting Thomas in our midst this morning is he you doubt God you doubt his love Maybe you're not saved yet, and you're doubting, will God save me? Maybe you are saved, and you're backslidden. Maybe you're not backslidden, but you're doubting. God has given you His all. God has given you His best. Verse 16, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. If God did that for you, why will He turn you away? when you come to him like the prodigal son, so as he verloor his and you come and say, Father, I have sinned, Father, please have mercy on me, why will he turn you away, if God gave you everything, why not the rest, sê Romeina 8 vers 32 nie, as hy wat sy eers sin nie gespaard het, die man vir ons allemaal oorgegeet, hoe sê hy ons nie saam het om alles, alle dinge genadiglik skenk nie, If he's given you everything, if he's given you his son, why would he withhold the rest? Now, please, don't do what John F. Kennedy said. That's fine if you want to do it for the United States or for South Africa. When John F. Kennedy in his famous speech said, don't ask what your country can do for you, or ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. When it comes to Christianity, it doesn't work that way. That's the wrong way around. You need to flip that. You need to switch that. And you, need, you should not say, don't ask what Jesus can do for me or what Jesus did for me. Ask what I can do. No, 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 no. You must not ask, what can I do for God? You must ask, what has God done for me? Look at what He has done for me. He gave His only Son. If you, if you flip that and say, what can I do for Him? That's salvation by works and that's unbiblical. You'll never get saved that way. So what has the Father done? Well, we know He has given His Son. And if you turn to Him by faith and trust and receive what He has done for you, will He forgive? Will He restore? Will He help? Oh, He will run. He will run toward you. He will embrace you. He will kiss you. And He will throw a big party. And you read that in Luke 15. What joy there is in heaven when one sinner repents. And And it doesn't say what joy the angels have. It says, what great joy there is among the angels or for the engelen, in front of the angels. This is God rejoicing because sinners have saved, sinners have turned to him. God's forgiveness isn't just enough. It's almost like tippics. You look at us in your schools. You cross out. Oh, I shouldn't. That's the, wrong. That's the I misspelled that word. It verkeerd gespell. Now you use tippics. And what do you do? You just cover that word. God's forgiveness is not like that. It just, just, just covers your sin. God's forgiveness is much greater than your sin. Where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Romans 5 verse 20. Wat groot genade, wat groot liefde. And finally number four. I think this is finally. Okay. God's son, God's son. July 2021. The British Guyana Magneta stamp, a seal, a post seal, a stamp, postage stamp, was sold for 6.2 million pounds. 130 million rand. Why? Because it's the only one of its kind. Why is Jesus so valuable? Because he's the only begotten. Hy is the inner He is the een van a soort, van God. This beteken, boore, beteken uniek, beteken een van God. That's what that word means. Een geborene means unique. It means een van soort. No one in the universe is like Jesus. That doesn't mean Jesus is the rarest kind of creature there is. Jesus is not a creature. Jesus is the eternal Son of God, equal with the Father. Hebrews 1 verse 3, He is the exact imprint of His nature. He is the, he is the uh, radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint or express image of His nature, like a stamp. When you, I, I, did, I said this on Sunday evening, I think. When you put a stamp on, on wax or on clay, it's like that stamp makes the image. The Son is the exact image of the Father. So Jesus is valuable. Why? Because there's no one like him. He is the eternal son of the living God. And that son became a very poor, a Aram, very poor human being. As a baby lying in a manger, the sinless one. Do you know of anyone who is sinless? Any of the children here never throw a tantrum? any of the adults never throw a tantrum Jesus alone is sinless he's unique as the unique of and then he dies like a criminal on a cross butchered and slaughtered like an animal who is like jesus Who is humble like Jesus, riding on a donkey? Where have you seen a king riding on a donkey? Who is humble like Jesus, washing his disciples' feet? Where where have you ever seen a king, never mind the eternal Son of God, do that? Who is humble like Jesus, when a reed is broken, when your life is broken, he doesn't destroy you? When it feels like your life is dead, it's just this little flame and someone can just do that. Jesus doesn't blow out the candle. He just cups his hands around your frail and fragile and broken life. And, and he helps. Who is like Jesus? Jesus Who is holy like the Son of God? Who is righteous like the Son of God? Jesus is called the Holy One and the Righteous One. Who is... All knowing and all wise, like Jesus. All these scotter from Kenis and is and Jesus Vachastiak, Sekulah Sinset 2 verse 3. Who is like Jesus? Who loves sinners as much as Jesus? Even when a woman is caught in adultery, in sexual sin, Jesus does not destroy her and he can. But he says, Go and sin no more. Did they condemn you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Who is like Jesus who really feels for the sinner, the woman at the well? Jesus who eats with sinners. Not to say He, he condones their sin. But Jesus eats with sinners to win them and to save them. Who is like Jesus who cares for people's suffering? Some of you have suffered this year. And you're even suffering right now. You're going through difficult times. Who is like Jesus when Lazarus dies, Jesus weeps, Jesus cries, Who is like Jesus when sinners are lost? He cries and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He wants to save sinners. Who is like this Jesus? Who is like Jesus? He is feared. He is feared by demons. Oh, demons are afraid of Jesus. You see in different places in the Bible, Mark 1, for example, where the demons scream out and cry out in fear. Who is feared like Jesus? Not only among demons, but even among humans. That human beings are afraid of Jesus. How do we see their fear of Jesus? Oh, they're intimidated by Jesus, so they curse his name. Have you seen that in films, in in movies? Do they curse the name of Muhammad? Do they curse Buddha? No, they curse Jesus. Because they fear him. You see some countries... So afraid. Let's close our borders. No Christians may come here. No missionaries here. No Bible's here. We'll arrest you and put you in prison. We'll even kill you if you bring a Bible here. Because they're afraid of Jesus. They're afraid of the message of Jesus. Afraid of the good news of Christ. Who is loved like Jesus. Oh, he's unique. He's the only begotten, the one of a kind. Who is loved like Jesus. In all the earth, Christians, why are you here this morning? I think most of you are here because you love Jesus. Jesus loved in heaven by all the believers there. Jesus adored by angels, worshipped by angels. Who is like Jesus, the hero of children? <laughs> oh, the children praise Jesus in Matthew 21 in the temple. Who is like Jesus? Who loves the children? Let the little children come to me. Loves the children. Who is like Jesus? Jesus. Who has done as many miracles as Jesus has done? If we had to write down all the miracles Jesus did, there won't be enough books in the world, says John 21, verse 25. Who is like Jesus who can forgive sins? Oh, John, if I sin against you, you can forgive me. But you cannot forgive Lazelle for sinning against Ibert. Jesus can forgive sinners because they've sinned against him. Who's like Jesus who forgives sins? Who is like Jesus who bore who the weight of the sin of a world? The sin of the world. The awesome weight of that sin crushed him. And the father's judgment upon the son crushed him. Who is like Jesus? Who took the punishment for sinners on a cruel cross? And cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who is like Jesus, who came back from the dead? Heit himself opgewek. John 10 verse 18, no one takes my life from me. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. Who is like Jesus, who transforms, who... Absolutely changes from the inside out the wickedest sinners on earth. Jesus who saves millions of sinners. We're not even a hundred yet. But <laughs> Jesus, it's possible for him to save millions, hundreds of millions into billions. wie is daar as Jesus? Winston Churchill? Who is quoted more like Jesus? Who is quoted more than Jesus, not like Jesus? Who is quoted more than Jesus in newspapers and in day-to-day conversation and people don't even know they're quoting Jesus? Jesus is quoted far more than Shakespeare. Far more than Shakespeare. I'm just going to give you some examples of this. These are Jesus' words and you'll find them in newspapers and everywhere else. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. You cannot serve two masters. Don't worry about tomorrow. Do not judge, lest you be judged. Take the beam out of your own eye. Holly, bulk at your eye. Don't throw your pearls before swine. Many of your pearls for the Do to others what you want them to do to you. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. You will know a tree by its fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. What the van of the heart, the mouth speaks. The signs of the times. That comes from Jesus. The lo- a lost sheep. A camel going through the eye of a needle. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hypocrites. Whitewashed tombs. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. A good Samaritan. And that's just a few examples I took. I just looked them up and went through the Bible, the, the Gospels, and tried to find them. You know, if a dad is very proud of his child because that boy has won, he's won the South African championships and academically he's in the top ten, maybe he's in, in the top three, you can think how proud, proud that dad is of his son. How proud is God the father of his son, this unique son, this one-of-a-kind son, this only begotten son, if, the, if, if Abraham felt such pain in his heart when he had to take his, his, the son of the promise, Isaac, and he had to go and sacrifice his son, and he felt the pain, what did the father feel like? What was in the father's heart when he gave his son for sinners? If David, who had such a rebellious son, Absalom, and when Absalom died, David wept and David was touched to the heart. What did the Father feel when He gave His only Son? His perfect Son. His obedient Son. The Son of His love. The Father loves the Son perfectly. And from all eternity, Jesus says so in John 17, 24. This is the beloved Son. So what is the least you and I can do? The least we can do is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. The least we can do is to thank God for this unspeakable gift. The least we can do is we love because He first loved us. If you and I knew the gift of God, as Jesus thats His words, if you knew the gift of God, if we knew the gift that God has given us in Christ, oh, what a difference that would make if we really understood this. Yes, only understand as I'm done it to see how my life will reform here. Never come back to betal but I can't come back to betal me. But I need to see how can I not my life begin. I'm slightly off. James, James, Ellen, Francis. So this is the description he gives of Jesus, the Son of God, the Son that the Father has given. Jesus was born in a an obscure village, the child of a a poor woman, a peasant woman. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was a traveling preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an an office. He never had a family. He never owned a house. He never went to university. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He never did one of the things that usually is associated with greatness, He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 years old when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 20 centuries to a decent yard. 20 centuries have come and gone, and today, Jesus is the central figure of the human race. I am definitely right when I say, all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on earth as much as this one solitary life. Do you want this Jesus? Do you want him? He's yours. Take him by faith. Let's pray. Our Father... We come before you as the great God and the only God and the living God, the creator of all things, visible and invisible. O Son of God, we worship you who loved us and gave yourself for us. And Holy Spirit, we give you glory and praise and thanks now and forevermore. Or opening our eyes to see this truth. Lord, I pray that the seed that was sown this morning may its roots go deep and may it bear much fruit. In Jesus' name. Amen.